Hey, everybody. My name is Danielle Green, and I am here with Abimbola Iyun. And this is our culture frame. Um, our culture frame. This is our first, this is the first episode of our podcast. Um, and it's titled Our Culture Frame because we are going to be talking about our experiences. We are going to be um, talking about our frame. Um, so the ways that we see um, our experiences, the ways that we see and interact with uh, culture, the way that we understand the research that we do um, and the work that we do in relation to uh, popular culture and relation to cultural products and our experiences and all of those things mixed in together. And so the way that I want to sort of introduce you all to our podcast and our culture frame um, is talking about, first of all, this quote um, that it, I got from Google, honestly, but it is uh, applicable and I, I really um, think it applies to not only our work, uh, often the work that we do, um, but also what we're going to be doing in this podcast. And so the, the quote is, creativity is intelligence having fun. Creativity is intelligence having fun. And Google, according to Google, it says that Albert mm -hmm. Einstein uh, said this quote. Now, I'm not sure. We have to be critical because we don't know that everything is on Google is completely and totally right. But nevertheless, the quote is pertinent and it, it really re resonates with uh, the, the work that, that I think we do um, in, in relating creativity with intelligence, um, intellectual work, conscious work, and creative expression. And that those are the things that we often bridge, not only in writing, in, in poetry, in experimental film, in fiction, and all of these different things, in that we're conscious um, and, and, and critical about the work that we're doing and the way that we're viewing and interpreting other work. And so for our first podcast episode, we're gonna be talking about two pieces of media, two sort of cultural productions that have made waves, that have been huge um, internationally, and have been exciting, but also uh, disappointing at times. And these things are Avengers Endgame and Game of Thrones. So I'm going to call it in Game of Thrones. But uh, Abby, oh my did not, Abby did not sign off on that. So yeah, we're going. Um, but before we completely just get into this, Abby, do you want to say something? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so we said that in an, in another episode, we're actually gonna you know talk about our work and what we do as um, people, women, <laughs> people who um, study film um, and media, and we also study culture. So what does that mean? Um, because Danielle and I are both like very passionate about translating in a sense seemingly academic words to everyday life right so 
film um, has a role it plays in society. It's not just abstracts, like film studies. You know, when I tell people I study films, it's like, oh, so you watch Netflix and you go to school. You know, it's much more than that. Um, so we're going to talk about, you know, things like that, culture, film, um, representation, um, how, does, how is our work relevant, right? Um, so we're going to talk about it in a different episode. But moving on, this is a pilot that's like a sample of how our conversations are going to go. Um, so we're talking about Endgame, like Danielle said, and Game of Thrones. And I'm a late Game of Thrones, um, what's the word, bloomer? Like Danielle <laughs> used to be to Game of Thrones. And I was like, okay, fine. If you're watching it, I, I may as well just see it. And so I feel like my opinion is, you know, I, I, I'm going to be critical because I'm not like, I wasn't in the eight year love relationship, you know, with Game of Thrones. So, you know, listen to me. <laughs> no, and and really full disclosure, like I was introduced to it uh, by my sister-in-law. Uh, and so I, I think we both have a similar um, entrance into the world of Game of Thrones. Uh, however, we also, and I feel like this is a testament to how, you know, smart Abby is, because she just came in and was like, no, this is not. And I was just like, shoot, it took me like three, four hours, four episodes to try to figure all this stuff out. But um, okay, okay. <laughs> so, so um, as we're talking about this, we're gonna talk about um, not may- maybe not the the eight year journey. Um, we could talk about we could talk about Marvel in that way a little bit more, but just talking about the way that people have reacted and the ways that we even in our limited uh experiences and sort of understandings and and interest into these shows have understood what's what's really happening and and some of the 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 pitfalls that that have have been in these shows so so um to start with um to build off um so endgame i like endgame because Wait, Endgame. I like Infinity War. Let's start from there. Infinity War because back it up, back it up. What? I don't know. I was I was just saying we need to back it up, back it up, back it up. Okay, continue. Yeah, back it up because of Thanos. Um, so Thanos is you know a three-dimensional character, and that's really really important in films. You want to have a three-dimensional character because that's what makes you feel connected to the character and to the film as a whole so he's evil but you can kind of see his logic and where he's coming from right so infinity war has that you know Thanos is like yo uh i'm gonna end the world because y'all don't listen you know and he tells gomorrah is that her name gomorrah mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know i don't know if it's that but whatever really uh, that's like yeah. the first thing I, I, that i, I know connection to sodom and gomorrah <laughs> Right, 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 right. Okay. <laughs> we might be connected, but he gives her that pain, the pain like thing, you know, and he talks about balance. The pen so, the are you talking about the blade? The blade, sorry, yes. The, the blade. blade. <laughs> 
It just has a blade. This is why you're here to correct me. Um, it just has a blade, you know, and he tells her, he talks to her about balance. And that's Stefanos' whole story, you know, is that we need balance in the world. And personally, I'm a balanced person. I always argue, I always say, oh, there has to be balance. There has to be balance. There has to be balance. So I'm able to track with Thanos. Now, in Endgame, and you can, you may not agree with me on this, like, um, generally, but I think that that Thanos, that three-dimensional character, starts off in Endgame, but doesn't finish in Endgame. So my reading of Endgame is, like, five different people wrote the script, right? So in the beginning... Thanos is like picking potatoes. That's very Thanosian, meaning that's what Thanos will do. You know, he's done his balance thing. He's taking people off, made people cry. It's logical to him. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go off and just be calm and be cool. So he's picking potatoes. And he's like, oh, the stones destroyed me, blah, blah, blah. Um, but towards the end of Endgame, he becomes this irrational person. Like, he's, he's just, like, killing people off. You know, one of my favorite scenes in Endgame that's very Thanosian is where he sits outside of the Avengers, what I'm going to call headquarters, and he's waiting for them. You know, he's just cool. He's like, yeah, you're all going to come out here and meet me because this is the plan. You know, so Thanos seems like this very calculated person. He's not just killing for killing's sake, which is what we see with, you know, a lot of villains in, in some films. Like, they're just killing, you know. He's, he has a purpose. So that scene really expresses who Thanos is. But towards the end of Endgame, he's just like, pow, 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 pow. I hate you all. Pow, 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 pow. You know? And that's a theme. That's a thread that connects to, um, uh, what's the other one? Game of Thrones is like me being a late bloomer of Game of Thrones comes in and I'm like, ooh, the night people, bad guy person, it's <laughs> and this is tense, this is intense and all that stuff. And then towards the end of uh, Game of Thrones, I'm like, yo, like this does not even make sense. The switch mm-hmm. in characters, uh, you know, uh, Daenerys just like killing people. It just felt rushed. So there seems to be a thing, um, which one of my colleagues actually said with Hollywood, when um, they have scripts they want to turn into films, they just start to like, push it really, really fast, right? So we see that in Endgame specifically. Like, okay, we got to wrap this up and we got to bring everybody in and it just feels off, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, pause there so that the sage didn't... <laughs> <laughs> But re- like really and truly, we've had this conversation so many because I've had it with so many people. Just because, like, okay, this is not necessarily a great example, and I love my brother, but he falls asleep, and so like, and and in in game, every I was there was so much hype. Like the first people that came in. And, you know, first they, they had their tickets. They were at, what, the 9 o'clock, 7 o'clock showing on Thursday night? I'm not really sure. I didn't see it till like, Saturday. But, um, and I was trying to get the matinee price, so don't don't hate. Um, but really and truly, I was like, okay, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be a well-spent three hours of my life. Okay, my <laughs> life. All right. And, and- <laughs> said if you grew up black and you went to a black church the black church has prepared 
to watch Endgame. I'm you, I was ready. I was ready. I was like, I, you know, you know, I, I, I didn't even really need to get the full sleep because you know you go into especially black church. Just think about my grandma church. You, you wake up right. You got to get up. You got to get dressed. You got to look good. You got to have your clothes ironed. Now I go to a different type of church. We do some stuff on now, but at that time you got to you got to be together, right? Then you got to go to Sunday school. Then after Sunday school, you got you ain't got real much time because you got to go into the service. Now the service you got fifteen songs to take on. Saying okay, that I'm I'm digressing just just a bit. But the point is, is that this three hours was going to be well spent at this movie. I, you know, we've been waiting. We saw the end of Infinity War. And, you know, if you don't know what happened at Infinity War, you, you're late. So we just going to tell you everybody died. OK, they got snapped. OK, Black Panther disappeared. And we just everybody was sad. And we're like, oh, Thanos won, and we just just don't know. We don't know how to walk out the theater at this point. Like we walking out, we looking at each other. Like, okay, do we? I don't. Do we cry? I mean, we just got Black Panther, like literally three weeks before, and now Black Panther is gone. So me and and I feel like I was together with all the other three black people in the theater, and we over here about to pass out because Black Panther is gone. That or maybe that was just me. I'm not sure. But so we've we've waited for this. We've waited for this. And we get here and Thanos is killed in in Endgame. Uh the, the old Thanos is killed at the beginning while killed. he's oh yeah and potatoes, right? Which is again, as Abby said, very Thanosian, and that's very academic to 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 put somebody's name and then add in at the end. That's that's yes. Um, but we we get him picking potatoes, and then at the end, he's now this person vengeful. Person, he's never been irrational. irrational. He was never that, which is why he really and truly, I feel like, wasn't necessarily defeated in the first one because he he he's not a typical villain. He's not one. Yes, he does have uh, you know his his monologue before he kills. You know he does, but. In in for instance, in Infinity War, before he snapped, he didn't really say much. He didn't say much. He all he really had to do was snap. In, a, in, a, in his own way, he's like, okay, y'all are kids. You don't know anything about life. Exactly. I, I've been on this different planet, and you need to sit down exactly. because I warned them about my planet, and nobody listened. And I think everybody died on his planet. Uh-huh. So he's like, I'm doing this right. And you know that sounds narcissistic too, because uh, narcissistic-ish, because people on his planet actually died. But you know he's seen life from his own perspective. Either way, he has a logic. And when he's done killing, um, snapping in Infinity War, he actually goes sit down in a hut. Like I expected them to go serve him tea or something. He was just like, "I'm sitting here enjoying the stars." No, it wasn't the stars. 
enjoying the sun, the sun or something like that, right? So that's what timers would do. But again, things were rushed. Right, so right, and so by the end, we get. I mean, at, at the beginning, we have you know potato picking Thanos, um, you know, sitting on his planet. He's done his work, right? He did what he set out to do. He's not doing any more. He's not doing any less. He said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to wipe out half the universe because I believe that's going to restore balance. And that is exactly what he did. By the end, now we get a Thanos who, number one, is taking a shortcut because he's like, (laughs) oh, I figured out that I win in the end, but these people want to stop me. So now I'm going to go into the future to try to stop them from stopping me because and mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to enjoy this because you pissed me off. And, yep. and I think that's where it started to go downhill. Um, went downhill so, yeah. that, but yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's why I started to go downhill was when he was like, okay, I know this is my destiny, but um, I'm going to kill everybody now because you guys didn't listen. I mean, they actually had a great quote, which I you can remember when it was like, oh, this is what happens to people who don't listen. And, you know, like they lose everything. But that's why he started to go downhill because if he knew it was destiny in court that um, he was going to win, he didn't have to like be so irrational and try to kill everybody. Right. Exactly. But that being said, um, one of the things we were talking about also was Ew, uh, it kind of felt very Endgame. I know they were trying to bring, like, you know, all the major original characters and, you know, give them a good exit. But it it just, it felt a little bit off with um, Mr. Stark, you know, doing everything cool mm-hmm. by himself. And the one thing Daniel and I have talked about is that, remember Shuri from Black Panther, who happens to know everything science right? She's like this science genius. She knows about vibranium and technology. And we said it would have been so sweet and would have made Endgame more complex if they had brought Tony and Shuri together to resolve, uh, what was the thing? going back to, to, to the past, right? And creating that mechanism that allowed them to go back to the past. Because without doing that, they made it a, they made it a film about Tony Stark, which there's an argument like, okay, it was about the original superheroes, but it felt very, I don't want to use the word, but I'm going to use it. It felt very Tony Stark, white privilege kind of film. Right, it's about this great white man who is about to die, and we need to give him a glorious exit. I like Tony Stark; he's sarcastic in a funny way. Right, right. Um, but he also didn't bring in that um, diverse and funny and rich mesh of superheroes that Marvel started to build. It's like they started to build that with Black Panther, and then they have kind of just started to drop that feel all of a sudden, right? What do you think? I, I and can we can we just for just for two seconds, two seconds, I just want to go and recognize and people may and probably will argue with me on this. However, okay, we have Tony Stark, we or Iron Man, we have Captain America, and we have Thor. And for some odd reason, they felt like 
they were going to come in, just walk, just walks towards Thanos and some kind of way beat him and defeat him by themselves in this sort of heroic last stand sort of thing. Even though we know based off of the last movie, I realized that they were on two different planets and things like that, and they were trying to fight different ways. But you had so many people trying to fight Thanos and all of the little creatures that he brought with him. And so for some odd reason, you thought that you were going to, you three were going to be able to do this by yourselves and just to destroy, you know, in slow motion up to him and just be like, oh, we're done. How? How? Okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. And you can disagree with me all you want. However, Captain America does nothing but get beat up get get back up like that is his superpower granted i get that he's strong i know that he has the little shield and everything like that and that's great and wonderful and i'm i'm excited for him and that he has all of these things but what i want to tell you is that he brings very little and i still don't understand why he's the captain he he asserts himself as the captain i am i mean I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Okay. It's supposed to be motivational, but that's why I like Tony Stark because Stark is always like, oh yeah, okay, that does, that's not going to work. Like your motivation, you can say all the motivation you want to say right now, but that is not going to win the battle, right? He always gives it to him. And his, but yeah, it gets beat up all the time, that's true. I feel like his motivation, like his motivational speech is usually something that's just said with a lot of brass. Hi, everybody. So uh, there's a problem <laughs> and we're going to So get prepared to get beat. Exactly. exactly. And you're just like, okay. So that didn't solve anything. Stark, what are we going to do? Like really and truly that, I feel like that is how these movies have gone and, and, you know, clear, I, maybe I need to go back and watch them and that's fine. Um, and as a PhD student, I don't have that time. So thank you for that suggestion. But, um, but really and truly, I just, they, they limited it to me so much in that they brought together and it's supposed to be this compilation, this end with all of these different heroes from all of these different films. And, but they, I feel like they limited what they could have done. I realized that all of the people came back and they helped, but they helped in sort of marginal types of ways. And I think it's like when you're traveling and you're trying to squeeze every possible piece of cloth into this little bag, right? That one of the ways they could have avoided that was to already fit those people in somehow from the beginning, right? So I know they brought in Ant Man, or is it? Yeah, and and he did his thing, but it could have like the Tony 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 Stark and Shuri thing. They could have started introducing that like gradually, and it wouldn't have been like okay, so um, 
I'm traveling and I have three three pieces of stuff, but then I go and buy all these clothes and then I'm trying to squeeze it into my bag when I go back home. That's how we felt. Like, right? I mean, and then, and not only did you travel and try to stuff all this stuff into your suitcase, you got up to the counter and they were like, oh, your bag is too heavy. You got to pay a hundred extra dollars anyway. That's what happened. Yep. And then can we talk about Black Panther? Okay, so I know we're kind of running out of time. But can we talk about Black Panther, a.k.a. Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, and how his, um, what's the word? The Black Panther film keep, um, feel keeps getting reduced with every Marvel sequel, right? Because it's this whole, we're going to squeeze everybody in last minute, right? Um, so he pops up at the end and does he, what does he do? Does he say Wakanda forever or something? I don't know. <laughs> And then he, they threw him, you know, it was just like, oh my gosh, right? And in Infinity War, this is a different podcast, but I didn't really like how they brought everybody to, to Wakanda and Wakanda got trashed, right? Uh-huh. But they were able to show us for one second at the end of Endgame where he was standing um, outside with his mom. They showed us like Wakanda in all his glory, aka Wakanda got rebuilt, right? Um, but can we just talk about how, like, I felt like Black people were also props in, in in Endgame. And whatever Marvel started with Black Panther, they really have to get back to it somehow. Because it's really been going down. So, like, Shuri was there. And she was like, yeah, I don't know. I can't even remember. Was Shuri even? Was she there? She was there. Yeah, she was there. <laughs> she she was there marginally. She was there. And, and uh, Okoye was there. And, you know, they, they, they screamed a couple of times and stuff. And they had the whole scene where women came together and, and beat people up and stuff. But, again, it, it felt very not cheesy-ish. Um, but I just felt like, you know, Black people were props, right? Um, we didn't feel the Black Panther swag. We didn't feel the Wakanda swag. We didn't um, also... Uh, Umbaku was there, but we, we didn't get to to enjoy this this people and you know what they can do, right? Right. And and I think we we came and we were able to uh like I mean in in when I was sitting in the theater, I you know, I was clapped, like I put up, you know, uh black power fist like when they came back in in, in the story. Like I did, I was excited. <laughs> But I felt like that excitement was so short-lived in that we went right back to Tony Stark and we went right back to Captain America, who again did absolutely nothing. Okay, he did better. He got the little hammer and I'm excited that he got, he was worthy and all of this stuff, but Yeah, that's true. That was one cool thing, you know. Yeah. But the, but the, the 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 way that we're we're now supposed to be uh, introduced and sort of shift to to talking about or going into Black Panther and these different uh, Captain Marvel and these 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 other heroes, um, I felt like was sort of slighted in the way that they <laughs> they just didn't they didn't have the the introduction. Um, that allowed and and justified the three hours. That's that's really the bottom line. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, hmm. 
taking well, we have a few minutes more, but briefly talking about Game of Thrones, um, talking about black people again. Um, so we're talking about Daenerys, and I know we had this conversation, but we're like, wait, was Daenerys using this people that she saved in court? Like, was it a plan from the beginning? Like, I'm just gonna save these people and then let them fight for me and spill their blood and stuff. Um, because that was one of the things we said. Like, it, it just felt like uh, the first set of people to die in the ba- ba- battle scene, of course, um, where the people of color, because they were sent on to you know, um, fight the, the Night King um, and, and his folk, right? And that's always a thing in films. Ooh, we should do a series on that. That's always a thing in films. Black people die first. We oh, that's, oh, that's, that's, that. oh, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> um, but talking about rushing stuff and also the, the whole prop thing, um, how do you feel like that, that came out in Game of Thrones, especially to I mean towards the end Game of Thrones well I felt like really and truly in Game of Thrones we had a couple of things happening right we had um, we had to wrap up not only this this eight years right we had to wrap up all of these these storylines we had to figure out who was on the throne we had to figure out what was happening with uh, Miss Sandy and, and the other one um, we had to figure out what was happening uh, with John and, and Daenerys, and we had to figure out Arya, who was my girl, yes. Um, and we we had to figure out what was happening with the Night King. Like, all of these things are happening and wrapping up in six, ep- six episodes. Granted, those episodes are an hour long, but six episodes, really? And so... In, in relation to talking about representation, um, like I said, what we what I usually talk about in my research, we number one, this has been throughout Game of Thrones. I saw a couple of I saw an article um, talking about uh, this last season of Game of Thrones, and it was addressed. The article was addressed to Black people, and the article was saying, uh, "You." might have heard this Game of Thrones that people have been talking about. And, you know, honestly, you probably haven't heard of it before now, but all of a sudden it's this huge thing. Granted, um, it was a it was a huge thing before, but people assume that because something is huge in one particular demographic, it's huge in another. That is not necessarily the case. So in this article, they talked about, okay, this is why you should be interested in this film about, you know, pretty much about white people, um, not really about, and, and that's not really about people of color. All of the people of color, all of the people of color are, um, are war. Okay, the Dothraki are are like warrior, um, just just out for blood. They kill. Um, that's that's their skill. That's their skill set is killing, right? Um, and that actually connects to um, that whole history that um, people of color, um, right? Savage. Actually, if you have like African blood or ancestry. You're savage. You're violent. What you do is kill, 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 right? 
just wanted to pop that in. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're absolutely right. And so that's 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 where they're that's that's where they're founded. Like I I don't know really how else to just des- describe them. Um, and then and then yeah. we talk about um, the others. Uh, and I apologize, I don't remember the, the group's names, and you can let me know. Um, but the others, the other Black people in the show, were slaves, right, freed by Daenerys, who is the breaker of chains. She's the breaker of chains, right? They're free, and now they're indebted to her to follow her around and kill other people for her because she apparently thinks she's going to save the whole world because she's the break of chains. And she, and it's just like, do we not see the problem? Do do we not see the problem in any of this? And Miss Sandy, who is like her right hand person, is 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 I, I want to say sacrifice is essentially sacrifice um, in these last episodes. And so we we don't really get a whole lot of people of color. Um, but the, the ones that we do get, uh, Miss Sandy is killed. Um, her, her, her boo is 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 loyal to a fault. OK, uh, to Daenerys. And then let's not even talk. We're, we're going to talk about it because that's that phrasing doesn't actually work with what I'm about to say, because we're going to talk about the fact that in this episode where we're doing where we're, we're talking about the Night King and, and the, the, the undead is coming and, and they're, they're about to kill everybody in this episode, this long ever. Don't get me wrong. It was epic. So I, and Aria is still my girl. But in this episode, the people and rec- recognizing that the Dothraki are warriors and that is what they do, I understand why they would be on the front lines. However, considering the fact that the people of color, again, the people of color are the ones who are sent out to be essentially executed because they're sent out into the dark, right? I know their swords are on fire and that's what great and wonderful, but they're sent out into the dark. And then when people are retreating, who are the people that are standing and protecting the retreat? The black people. Okay, so when we consider this and the undead got past all of them, Right. So the people who are sacrificial in this story, in this one episode, we don't even need, like I said. So um, it, uh, we're just going to finish up where we stopped. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, so so I was saying that um, with the history of slavery, right, when slaves were released, um, you know, and their masters were like, oh, you're free to go now. I'm talking about the history of slavery in the U.S. You're free to go now. There's this narrative, you know, especially when when we look at films historically, there's this narrative that the slave would then say, oh, you, you're my master, 
I love you. Even though I'm free, I'm going to stay here to protect you, right? And um, a good resource to check out is um, Bogle's, um, what's the title of Bogle's book again? Donut Bogle? Mulatto's Mammies and Bugs. Yeah, Tom Scones, my mother's mommy's inbox. So he talks about that, right? So the slaves will stay and be like, oh, I'm a free man, but I'm going to stay here and die for you, right? And they critique that, that narrative in films, right? That it only um, represents uh, uh, Black people as this, oh, my only life is, and the only thing I know is to serve my master, right? I, I don't have a life of my own, right? And that's actually a misrepresentation of Black people. You know, we have lives, we have goals, <laughs> we have things we want to do, um, I'm not just serving, right? And that is so huge, right? We should talk about that in another podcast, but there's that participation in film, right? Um, and it was done to um, also um, represent slavery as this good thing, right? Remember, like, oh, see, the masters don't actually mistreat slaves, so slavery must have had something good. Because if they mistreated slaves, there won't be any reason for the slaves to say, I want right. to stay. So it was a way of kind of representing, representing the South, uh, people who own slaves in the South, or people who own slaves in the U.S. or anywhere else in the West, that, oh, they weren't actually bad people. They treated their slaves as good. You know, the slaves will come in and give them advice, which we kind of see, um, well, I can't remember actually the, the, the black people giving Daenerys advice, but they were loyal. That's the point. You know, it's like, oh, slaves are loyal. So if you're a slave and you're not loyal, you must be a bad person, right? This is so warped, like manipulated thinking, trying to mess up with people's minds and, and stuff, right? Um, and that's one way that see, films can do that, or people can use films for propaganda. Um, but I liked where you were going with that, that you actually see that also in Game of Thrones, which I actually hadn't thought about, you know, that um, the people of color who were, who were um, um, warriors had that, oh, we're going to be loyal to Daenerys, even after they were given mm-hmm. their freedom. Exactly. Right? And, and, and let's, let's even complicate this um, in terms of real life and, and slavery in the U.S. In, in that when we're talking about freedom and, and people say the emancipation and the proclamation and the freeing of slaves and everything, oh yeah, we're running free. No, that, that's, it's, it's, that's, that's not how it's working, right? It's, 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 it's been centuries, centuries of, of subjugation. There's been centuries of denying people uh, human sort of rights, right? That denying people um, uh, marriage rights, den- uh, uh, denying people, um, um, you know, the, the rights for, for, for education, um, uh, free freedom, I mean, freedom. Okay. And so if we're mm-hmm. talking about this, oh yeah, let them go. First of all, people are not just letting people go. Um, and, and, and we didn't have social media, right. And, and even in social media, we could talk about an echo chamber and that's a whole other topic, but, um, we, we, we have like people aren't told, neither are they, the, the slave owners willing to give up their slaves, willing to give up what they considered their property. And so, when when we're talking about Game of Thrones and this sort of of uh, representation that resonates with this this idea of of this this savior, right? I I know 
Daenerys knows best. And Daenerys is glorified because she broke these chains and and even after Daenerys fired everybody literally by fired, I mean literally <laughs> well, I'm, I'm failing in expressing what I mean when she decided to spray the whole town with her dragon fire right after they surrendered even after you saw that she did that you still decided to remain loyal to her there's something wrong with that narrative it's like aren't you thinking which just echoes with history in film is that when you watch those movies you're like yo Aren't you t- thinking, sir? Like you, you gotta, you have a family, right? You can leave this man and, and, and go build your life, right? So there's a problem with that, with that representation. And then it has to be um, John Snow. What's his name? John Snow. It sounds wrong. No, it sounds wrong. Yeah. Oh, sounds wrong. Uh, Aegon Targaryen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You know he has to. <laughs> He's the one who is, who is like, oh, no, don't do it. Don't, don't, you know, when he's about to, uh, they, uh, they're about to, like, kill some of the soldiers, right? And, and, and he shows up and he's like, no, don't, don't kill them. Like, he's the one. The white man has to be the one who comes back to be the mm. good guy again. Like, it just echoes so much with, with history in that way. And I actually totally missed that when I was, when I was watching it. Yeah. But, okay, so we have about... A minute <laughs> to go. <laughs> this is a very long conversation, but I, I enjoyed it. So, is there anything you want to what wrap up with? Yeah. So, I mean, this this is part of what we do um, on a regular basis um, for for this podcast. A lot of uh, what, what we talked about, especially me, uh, was more it related to media uh tv film sort of fandom uh i i i wouldn't categorize myself as as a huge you know uh, all knowledge sort of you know fan um but as as someone who enjoys cinema as someone who enjoys visual media and storytelling and things like that this this conversation had a lot to do with you know, my enjoyments, like I said, excitements, disappointments, and things like that. Um, but in in how we talk about that, even in those enjoyments, even though in those excitement, we can also connect those things to not only culture, but also history. And that's one huge thing is connecting media, connecting products to history and understanding that they are not coming in isolation, they're not coming um, out of nowhere, out of thin air. They're they're they have a history to them, and that especially we're talking about representations, and we talk about um, you know sort of black representations, and so these these things are are have a long lineage, and and that's one of the things that I, I frequently discuss and it's it's relevant it's relevant to what we're seeing today it's relevant what we to what we have seen um and and where we still really and truly need to go so all right so that that's that's a good wrap-up um i you've done a good job (laughs) so i'm just gonna 
I'm just going to leave it there. Um, but yeah, so the next, uh, our next couple, uh, couple of podcasts in our next couple of podcasts, we're going to talk about what does representation really mean and how does that like connect to film? Um, and we'll go from there. Sounds yep. good. Okay. Uh, so yeah, this has been our culture frame with Danielle and Abby. So <laughs> All right. See you next. Ciao. <laughs>